I was talking to my friend not long ago, and actually we were discussing this podcast and the different types of episodes that I, I wanted to create and the different guests that I'd have on. And then I'm actually not even sure how it led to this place, but maybe it's just a part of some of the discussion we were having. But all of a sudden I found myself saying, I'm so tired of empowering other people to have power over me. And then I went, holy cow, <laughs> you know, that was really a powerful statement. Write that down. So I ran over and I wrote it down because I tend to forget a lot of things. But I want you to think about it. How often are you empowering other people to have power over you? And what can you do to stop it? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Hi, my name is Heidi Ritchie, and this is Communication for Your Situation. I've been a mediator for the last 18 years. It means I, I worked for the state. I mediated a lot of divorces and custody and um, abuse and neglect, uh, civil cases, employment cases, kind of you name it, and I, I've probably mediated some form of it. I've also been teaching at a university for the past 10 years. And in actually in the communication and journalism department. So my field really is communication because communication is the, it's at the core of who we are. And what I found maybe in the last few years and especially since post COVID as we're coming out of COVID, uh, what I found with my students is that they really struggle to connect. And what I found with all of the people that I've ever worked with is that they struggle to communicate, meaning we all know how to communicate. We just don't all know how to communicate effectively, meaning we walk away feeling good about what we said and how we said it, and we're able to not only say what we said, but feel heard, be heard, and to get what we want and what we really need. Too many people are walking around feeling not seen and not heard. But I think the saddest part of that for all of us is that we teach people how to treat us. And so if we aren't treating us well, then how do we expect other people to treat us well? I know it's a lot of stuff, isn't it? So I want this first podcast to be a little bit of a journey in talking about how do we empower ourselves? The first place, you know, I was I was having a conversation with um, a former student of mine and Julia and I talked about the difference between being selfish and being selfless and self sorry, and self-centered. And when I grew up, you know, the concept of being selfish is it's a really negative connotation, right? You're not supposed to be selfish. And especially as young women, probably far more so than young men, right? And boys, little boys, little girls, little girls are taught you need to be selfless. It is wrong to think of yourself first. You must think of others first. And in so many ways, it, it sounds good. Like being selfless sounds like a wonderful thing. But the problem is, is that we lose ourselves. You know, one of the things that I would say to my students is, you know, if you've ever flown in a plane, 
and they tell you, you know, the oxygen mask is going to drop. Who do you put it on first? You or the child next to you? Hopefully it's your kid, right? So you or the child next to you. And the answer is you. Because if you're not in control, if you're not able to breathe and think clearly, you can't help anybody else. And isn't that a perfect metaphor for how we look at ourselves and deal with ourselves? Uh, and yet we're pouring ourselves out constantly to others, for those of us who do that. And oftentimes we're not getting enough in return. And the problem is, is that we're not pouring enough into ourselves first. So how do we get there? Well, let me backtrack a little. In the beginning of every semester, I pose a couple things to my students. First of all, I teach conflict management and mediation as one of my, my primary courses. That's my area of, of expertise. I'm doing a little air quotes. You can't see me. And I often start by saying, all right, so how many of you deal with conflict in your lives? You know, raise your hand. And and usually, you know, about 90% of the class is raising their hands. I think the other 10% is thinking it's a trick question. <laughs> so I, I'm like, uh, it's not a trick question. We all deal with conflict in our lives. If you're around other people, you deal with conflict. But even if you are, and then I say, the only, the only way you wouldn't deal with conflict is if you are on a deserted island all by yourself. But even then, you would deal with conflict because it, you still have you. And the majority of the conflict that we have, well, actually, all the conflict we have always comes back to us. So we think of like conflict and communication as being between two people, right? Interpersonal. But in reality, all conflict winds back up with us. So let's give an example here. So I have an argument with my friend and I'm really mad and we're yelling at each other. And then I walk away and I don't usually argue with my friends. So maybe I should say my husband, that'd be better. <laughs> but I walk away and I am continuing to have that same dialogue, but now I'm having it within myself. I should have said this. I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say this? Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? If I could go back and say this, and if they only... And this inner monologue continues on long after the conflict does, right? It could be, you know, some of us for hours, some of us would pick it up days later, you know, depending on how, how good you are. And so I pose to you that all conflict starts from within, whatever that inner monologue is. So why are some of us better at communicating healthy to ourselves when others are not. It's kind of interesting. I found, I'm finding, you know, I give my students a personality check, a personality check, I give them a personality test at the beginning of the semester. Are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Thinking, feeling, all of that. And then we talk about our conflict styles. Are you avoidant? Are you competitive? Are you collaborative? Are you com confrontational? And it's so fascinating to see that the majority of my students, and actually in the recent year, a couple of years, a couple of semesters, I don't know, uh, have been uh, overwhelmingly introverted. And along with those introverts, and I don't think it's connected, but it is kind of an interesting connection. And I'm not saying people pleasers are, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that uh, extroverts aren't either, but a lot of people pleasers are in my class. 
And I know this because I have them write journals and they journal and they they send it to me and ask them questions. And, and they will say, I'm an avoider, I'm a people pleaser, and I want to change that. And I started thinking about you know, how do you change your avoidant ways? How do you change your people pleaser ways? Well, for the avoiders, I mean, we do a lot of hands-on practice in my class. And by that, we do like a lot of role playing, which which helps, you know, put into practice the things that they're learning. But in order, you know, but that doesn't really deal with the people pleaser side. So what makes a people pleaser? If you are someone who is a people pleaser, for some of us, well, for most of us, it comes from childhood. It's come from receiving the message in some way, shape, or form from family that you don't matter, your feelings don't matter, that you need to take care of everybody else, that you need to do for, that you need to make sure that this person isn't upset and this person, and people please are those who just, you know, feel like I don't want to walk on eggshells. I want everybody to like me because if I do one thing wrong, you're not going to like me. And I'm using people pleasers and I'm picking on them probably because I've been one and I'm, I'm a recovering people pleaser. It's, it's a lifelong process. But the problem is, is that it starts this slow trickle that turns into an avalanche of negative self-talk. I'm stupid. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I am not smart enough. If I only did this better, if I could do that, I don't want to say that they're hurting my feelings um, because I don't want them not to like me, but it's actually okay for them to hurt me, right? I, I, but I can't hurt them. How are you empowering other people to have power over you? Well, so let's turn it inside. I said earlier that we teach people how to treat us. So unless we're treating ourselves better, then people aren't going to treat us any better. It's a funny expectations. I think sometimes we, we believe that if we treat other people well, then they're actually going to always treat us well. And that's just not that's just not life. But if we're not treating ourselves well then how are they going to know how to treat us well? There's a, a little quote that I liked. It was from a movie. I think it was Facing the Giants. Um, and, was, and they said, your actions will always follow your beliefs. So what's your belief about you? What's your belief about you being worthy just because you're you? That you being worth it just because you're you? That just how you are right now, imperfect, you know, maybe slightly messy, that you still have something so unique to offer this world that no one else has to offer them. What you say matters. What you do matters. Even if that's not the message you've been receiving. We tend to attract the people that we've had in our lives for a long time, right? Whoever our family is, whatever that message is, whatever that core wound is, those are the types of people, and, and not just in intimate relationships, but, but even in friendships or casual acquaintances, we tend to attract people who reinforce the negative messages that we've had all of our lives. We don't mean to, 
But that's what we're used to. That's what we get oddly comfortable with. And it's easy to attract people where we have to please them. You know, we are that pleaser personality and get into that little loop of, I don't feel good about myself, but I only feel good about myself when they pay attention to me, when they tell me I'm good enough, when they say those right things. But the moment they don't, my whole identity crumbles. And that's not living your best life. That's not living your best you. That's not... It's not who you are and it's not who you're meant to be. You're meant to be more. You're meant to be better to yourself. So how do you reconnect to you? I like to start every every new year um, not making a new year's resolution because <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna happen. I mean, I have goals and I have dreams and, and I think they kind of just roll over year to year. But I don't make the resolutions because, you know, you're only going to let yourself down. But, you know, more power to you if that works. What I do do is I don't do do. What I do is that I choose a word or words sometimes. And this year it happened to be two words that become kind of my, my mantra for the year. And I don't know why I choose them. They just sort of come to me. But the two words that came to me this year are perseverance in commitment. And let's start with the commitment part first. So the commitment that I'm making is the commitment to me. The commitment to do the things that I really, really want to do. The commitment to follow through for those things. The commitment to find the joy and continue to seek it out even when things get tough. I'm just committed to me this year and hopefully every year because it's a really good place to be. So when I'm committed to me, that's when I can start finding that joy. That's when I can start being refilled from being emptied the year before. And in order to commit to you, well, it takes a little bit of perseverance, doesn't it? To persevere, to work through to keep going, okay, every day I'm going to get up. Mm. And I heard this, you know, I've heard this in some other podcasts that I like to listen to, but it's really struck, stuck with me that gratitude goes a long way. So saying I have committed to myself to say five things that I'm grateful for first thing in the morning, usually before I get out of bed. Because once I get out of bed, you know, the day gets rolling and I stop thinking. <laughs> so, but if I forget in the morning, I remember at night. And sometimes it's really hard, you know, to find five things you're grateful for. So then I don't have to really big things. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes I repeat, you know, things that I'm grateful for. My house, I'm grateful to have a roof over my head or a car to drive. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful that I enjoyed dinner tonight or had dinner tonight. Maybe I'm just grateful that I made it through the day today. Whatever it is, because it's about redirecting your mind, redirecting your thoughts to the positive, because whatever we're inputting right, is what we're going to put out. And if you keep intaking, in putting in the negative stuff that people say, 
you're going to start buying into it even more and continuing to say it to yourself. So I challenge you this year to commit to being you, to commit to being selfish. Oof. I had that conversation <laughs> with someone, the difference, and actually, I think I asked one of my classes, the difference between being selfish and selfless. When I was growing up, you know, being selfish was was tough because you're not taught as a girl, especially as a female, young female, you are taught you need to be selfless. And being selfish is really hard then to turn around and say, I want to be, I want to be selfish because it sounds like being self-centered, not caring about anybody else, but really it is, it is caring about other people. Maybe you know this and I'm kind of saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway, because sometimes we just need to rehear it. Be committed to you. Be selfish in the fact that you're going to put you first so that you can be refilled, so that you can be the best you, so that when you're refilled and when you're the best you, you're able to pour the best of yourself into other people and not have it drain you, right? Commit to yourself. When we focus on gratitude, and I think, you know, you need to include some of yourself in that gratitude. You need to applaud the things that you do well. We get so used to kind of being down on herself. I don't know about you, but I'll do it. I'm oh, I was so stupid, Heidi. Why did you do that? You know, but I tend to downplay the things that I do well. Oh, that's nothing. But you know what? A part of being committed to you is being committed to inputting the good stuff. So compliment yourself every now and then. Well, not every now and then. Compliment yourself every day. When you do something well, even if it's small, celebrate it. Hey, I had a good class today, or I did a good job at work today. Or you know what? I really didn't want to be there, but I persevered and I made it through the day. Yay me. I deserve to be happy today. I deserve to enjoy my life. I deserve to find some joy. I deserve not to be treated badly by other people and even more so by myself. So how are you talking to yourself? I think one of the good little litmus tests to do is to say, would I say this to my very best friend? How I talk to myself. Would I talk to myself my very, to my very best friend that way? And if you say no, of course not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to my best friend, you're stupid. Wow, what an idiot. I can't believe you did that. At least I hope not because you would not be my best friend. Just saying, right? I wouldn't say that. I would encourage them if they're feeling down. I would encourage them even if they're, they screwed up big time. I would lift them up, go, you know what? Stuff happens. It's going to be fine. It's going to be all right. We all screw up. We all make mistakes. We all have bad days. That's the way that I would talk to my best friend. That's the way I do talk to my friends. It's learning to talk to myself that way. That's so important. So I challenge you. I'm going to challenge you in two things. And I talked about conflict earlier and a part of my podcast will always deal with conflict in some way because it's it's about communication right so when you're in conflict with yourself you aren't speaking well you aren't communicating well with yourself in the beginning of every semester i 
tell my students something. Well, I ask them something. I ask them. <laughs> I say, I give, I put out little sticky notes all over. I put sticky notes out and I have them come up and I, and I say, okay, I want you to write down the first word or words that come to mind, whether it's people, place, thing, whatever, when I say conflict. So they write the words down, whatever they want, and they put it on, they stick them onto the whiteboard. And then I put up positive, negative, neutral. And as we go through, and it's, I get some interesting ones sometimes. It's family, the words are my boss or my brother, my sister, um, my, my coworker, whatever it is, politicians, you know, we put them in the categories after I say, is this positive, negative, or neutral? A lot of, uh, so in the end, a lot of the things end up in the neutral category and, and drifting over to the negative because many of those things can have... For some people, family, parents, mom, dad, whatever, brother, sister can have a, a really positive connotation. And for other people, not so much. Ah, last semester, I had one class and I've never had, I had two classes of the same conflict management. And, and one class had, I had 24 students. And out of those 24 students, 15 of them said family. They wrote down family. And I said, oh, wow, do we have some work to do this semester and we did we focused a lot on the conflict of family but I always said you have to start with self first anyway so I digress just a little bit to say that after we do this is that you know we look we are socialized in our society in America and maybe not all over the world but in many societies to view conflict as a negative thing conflict in and of itself is not bad I know we think it is, and it doesn't feel good. And I, and I will give this caveat that what happens within a conflict can be bad. It can be horrible. People are mean. People can be cruel. It can be violent. But conflict in and of itself isn't bad. It's simply telling us that something needs to change in our lives. Right? So conflict, then, is also an opportunity for change. So think about that. If you're having a lot of conflict with someone else, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a coworker, whether it's, you know, a sibling, it's telling you that something's wrong in this relationship. It's not working for me or for them, and it needs to change. And we need to figure out what needs to change. The problem is, is that we don't ask ourselves that second step, what really needs to change. We do kind of get stuck and be positional into what we think we would change, but Oftentimes, that's not really what it is. Hmm. All right. That's for another podcast. But for this, this podcast, I want you to think about the internal dialogue, the internal conflict that, that goes on inside of you when you think about people having power over you in whatever way that looks like, right? And I want you to recognize that Whatever that internal conflict inside of you is, each time that person says something that's hurtful, that's cruel, that's mean, that's sad, that turns inward, that becomes your own personal dialogue to yourself, it's simply telling you that something needs to change. Something within you needs to change. Now, we could go into a lot of different ways of what needs to change, and I do this, but this is about communication, right? This podcast so I'm going to say this to you. 
don't beat yourself up. The thing that needs to change right now and the easiest thing you can change, and maybe the hardest because it's going to take a lot of practice, is how you communicate with yourself. Putting positive back into you. So I want you to think about what are your words for this year? Whatever, whenever you listen to this podcast, what are the words that you want to be your mantra? It could be perseverance, could be commitment, could be joy, could be happiness. Whatever it is, make that your mantra and commit to communicating positive, healthy, good words inside of you. And instead of empowering other people to have power over you, you're going to learn and start having and be empowered to have power within you. Take your power back. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to have this podcast. I hope you continue to tune in and look for more episodes. There's going to be times that it's just going to be me chatting with you about different topics, but I have uh, some really cool guest speakers that are going to come on. I have students of mine that we're going to talk about different issues such as stalking uh, or different types of conflict management, um, whether it's interpersonal, you know, between relationships. And, and a lot of this is about, re- well, really my whole podcast is about relationships, whether it's a relationship to yourself or others. So I hope you continue to tune in again. My name is Heidi. Thanks for spending time with me. And I hope you go out and have the best day and be good to you. Take care.